0: You're listening to the RTE Today podcast, featuring some of the best bits from our show on RTE One, weekdays at half three.
1: Shall we get Fajr nice? so what's got Ireland talking? We have our news panel here to tell us all from News Talk Breakfast. We have Kira Kelly, we have broadcaster Jonathan Healy, and on Skype, we have screenwriter Stephanie Pryzer. So, oh, Stephanie, before we go into the stories, uh, you had a big fault in your house as well. Mm. A beautiful baba.
0: Yes, four weeks ago we had a uh, oh. baby boy.
1: Look he's, at him. Uh, he's doing great. Oh, uh, come here. You're all happy and healthy and everything, Stephanie.
0: I mean, one of us has started Crish. The other one has started to crash, so we can be as healthy as we can be to
2: start to crash. But apart from that, yes, we're all doing great. Thank
1: you. Lovely stuff, Jonathan, oh, we move on to our first story? What's Coleman Doctor saying?
2: Coleman Doctor is saying um, we need to give our teenagers more hangout spaces. Mm-hmm. And and the basic concept here is that parents are involved in too many things that their children are doing. So whether it be sport or other extracurricular activities, we have fingers in too many pies, mm-hmm. and as a result, the children then are not getting full life experience, they're not making friends in the way, they're not making mistakes as they're supposed to do, as as kids do and they're growing up, and as a result they're kind of being a little bit wonky uh, when they come out into the real world.
3: Technical it's a term. technical mm-hmm. phrase. Um
2: a technical phrase. So by doing what parents think is the right thing and wrapping them up in cotton mm-hmm. wool and making sure little Timmy knows that he has to be home at a certain time and he's not hanging around. Don't hang around with that, Megan but well, Don't be, avoid <laughs> her now, of all people. And definitely avoid your man. Uh, but you know, what they're saying is we should be leaving them make their mistakes. Yeah. It's trial and error who mm-hmm. their friends are going to be. They have to realise why some people are better than others. And more importantly, it's the lack of somewhere to go. And and this has been the thing, I mean, many of us here are child, children of the 80s and 90s, uh, 90s. uh and uh, we, we've always had a consistent problem, sorry, 70s, uh, we've always had consistent problems. <laughs> She, I, I, do, I do this regularly on the radio she loves it um, we obviously consistent problems with nowhere to go that youth clubs you know very few and far mm. between yeah. you know okay he might be going to discos but the discos they don't even have discos anymore you know it's very hard to do something as a teenager yeah. and as a result the parents seem to be trying to fill the, I think the, the gap British badly it,
4: yeah there are, I think that, I'm think i pretty sure there's still discos ongoing but
2: I'm not invited to them so I don't <laughs> know <laughs> there's a reason for that
4: if you were hanging around teen discos <laughs> yeah. John, be a
2: very different that problem. would be a very different, different yes,
4: problem yes
3: it yeah. would yeah. Uh, I I think there's a huge amount of truth in this. I think we're organising our kids within an inch of their lives, so they don't have that free, unsupervised activity. Like, you know, when we were teenagers, we hung around. Like, that's in fact that's all we did. We just hung around and we didn't do very much at all. But there was a value in that, the unsupervised thing, where, yeah, you did make mistakes and maybe you did fall out with people and then maybe you came back around to being their pals again and you learnt a few life lessons and it was kind of knocked out of you. But now it's all, you go to your sports thing, you have a coach and a mentor and a trainer and it's all of that kind of stuff. And that's not what they need. They need time on their own without us managing them as adults and we don't you're right we don't have the spaces for it there, and there, it's bad for them There are
2: some places they're really good at it Foroiga I'll, I'll yeah, single out for Oiga. because Foroiga mm-hmm. is brilliant at giving them they, they, they elect leaders they're given jobs you know the parents step out of the room and they're made, they're, they're made made their own decisions and it's brilliant because what it does is it gives them that power to make a decision which is really important it gives them confidence about making decisions yeah. as well not for every kid though mm-hmm.
3: We're kind of infantilizing them a little bit aren't we mm-hmm. and I don't think it's working out as well for them as it should. Mm-hmm.
4: Stephanie, what do you think? Should we be letting children get kind of bored in some way? Like, like maybe giving them nothing to do?
0: Um, I mean, doesn't the devil make work for idle hands? I don't know. I'm I'm a millennial kind of like you, Megan. I, I can't even make a phone call. So maybe I am the product <laughs> of this issue. But um, I think that, you know, I've, I've read in this article that, you know, they're thinking of making more spaces for teenagers to hang out. But I think any area that is designated by adults for teenagers to hang out Mm -hmm. is going to be decidedly uncool from the get go (laughs) if it has been decided that this is where the teenagers will hang out. It's sort of like, you know, the shed behind that place, which is where they're going to want to hang out. Um, But I think there's definitely a generation now that have been really impacted by COVID um, where Not only were their parents sort of protecting them, but also this sort of like social distancing, cocooning, shielding, all these words, you know, that there's there's a fear maybe that young people have now as well as all of the other issues about being overly protected.
1: Yeah, but there is an excitement when you are 12, 13, 14 or 15 to head downtown with the lads, even for an hour.
2: It's, it's fair to say you'll never get the shift if your mother's on your shoulder. I mean, that is one of the things that you have to bear in mind. If
1: I've said that once, I, I've said it. <laughs> yeah. It's the title of your new book. Yeah, <laughs> coming, coming soon. By to Dr. Me, you know, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's
2: true, though. You need to kind of... Yeah, you need yeah. To yeah. we're, we're
3: overprotective of them. That's one half. But we're also a bit... We've got this modern phenomenon that life has to be perfectly sort of sanitised all the time. So we, we, we are a bit wary of them hanging out in gangs in case they do antisocial things. But your teenagers have always done antisocial things yeah. to some extent. Mm. You've got to let them do a bit of that stuff in order to grow into adults. But it's a rite of passage.
1: Is this the kind of product then, Johnson, of mom and dad working, having a very, very busy life, and all of a sudden... what the kids do have to fit into what we're doing.
2: Yeah, there is a certain element to that, but I think that there is a lot of protection around it as well. You know, where are you going? What are you doing? So, I mean, if my kids go and want to hang around making their backsides cold sitting on a stone wall uh, there has to be a lot of juggling into that I mean how you get from A to B particularly if you're living out in the countryside and it can become a little bit trickier mm-hmm. it's not just if you're in town you kind of go knock on the neighbour's door so it really depends on who's who but I think that overall I mean if you always speak to teachers teachers being the very level-headed ones out here the teachers will say uh, well the children haven't changed but it's the parents who have yeah. and I think they're that's they're what the they're difference they're is yeah. You would
4: always sitting on stone walls there's a few times now we to rebuild a few stone walls <laughs> <laughs> But we did put it to our viewers. Um, we asked, "Do you choose your children's extracurricular activities?" Out of 197 people we asked on our social media, 45% said yes, and 55% said no. Okay, that's, that's a, kind of
1: better
4: than it, I thought. Yeah, actually.
1: it's the mm. same as that. Stephanie, we're going to move on to our next story, and the banshees of Aaron and Barbie on the leaving, sir.
0: Yeah, so this is um, the Department of Education have published or are publishing their list of selected novels, films, poems and plays um, that are required to be studied for Leaving Cert English from for, for the June 2026 Leaving Cert exam. Mm. And it's I think it's amazing. There is going to be, Barbie is going to be on it. Um, and I just think that the further we get away from kind of Emily Bronte's, you know, kind of orphans falling in love with, rich landowners daughters I think the better and I know the question is whether we're losing the classics because we're modernizing it but I think young people need to be seeing stories that they relate to that say something about the world today and I think it will help them to engage more in the curriculum and I think it's absolutely a great thing
2: oh Jonathan, what about Shakespeare? Well, personally, I think culture stopped at the end of the 17th century and we should leave it there and learn nothing more after Look, kids need to relate to something yeah. that is current to them. Now, I know Barbie's getting an awful roasting at the, uh, at the awards. Before i Barbie, Marco, Robbie's won nothing so far, which I think is a travesty because it deserves mm. a lot more credit from the critics than it's getting. But, you know, I would say they, a child will engage a lot more with maybe the screenplay for Barbie, mm-hmm. or the script for Banshees of Inishir, and then they would, perhaps, with a Bronte novel. Not saying you don't do both, you can do both, yeah, you I should both do both. I think has a value. I, they, they've always done this. I mean, uh, you know, the two Johnnies came up in the junior search a couple of years ago, and there was all horror. as in how, how could this possibly have ended? Because it's, it's a piece of it's a culture. culture. It's yeah. culture it, it, and it, current. It's
3: top culture, but also, I think there's an awful lot of sort of snobbery around Barbie and Barbie is being dismissed but Barbie is a satire Barbie is a comedy and comedy is actually very hard to do well it's harder to do well sometimes than than drama and it does like there's like there's that amazing shall i say soliloquy within it uh, America whatever it's yes, she's
2: she's nominated for an Oscar and she's the only female I know actress. I know and and and, and Germaine gets nominated for that It does
3: song. create questions that you know, <laughs> about patriarchy and all the kind of stuff that kids are interested in. And so why not? And I think there's a kind of a snobbery to being it dismissed and Oppenheimer winning everything. I saw the two of them and actually, I nearly fell asleep in Oppenheimer, but I was actually <laughs> riveted to Barbie. So, yeah. look, I don't know what that says about me, but I actually think Barbie's...
2: It says a lot about
1: <laughs> you. It <laughs> yeah, probably sure. does. Yeah. A lot of people t- thought that Barbie was good, a great movie. It is a great movie.
3: It's fun, but there are messages within it and there are layers to it. And why not get kids to talk about something that they've actually been to see and enjoyed?
2: And I and guarantee you, in... 30 years' time, they'll still be talking about Barbie, they mm-hmm. might not be talking about Oppenheimer.
4: But feminism is the biggest theme in Barbie, and you know that's what they're actually going to explore, I think, in, in the yeah. exams. And, that, that's, and,
2: and that's what that's we should be doing. And, and why not? If we're sticking to the old rules of uh, Barbie not winning any awards and Oppenheimer doing it, and there's something wrong about that. Uh, and that the people who are deciding these things are not they're, they're seeing something yeah. Oppenheimer was also seeing. a
3: good it's movie very good don't get me wrong could have been a bit shorter but it was also <laughs> a very good movie
1: um,
3: anyway I don't think it has to be either or is, yeah, is absolutely. What it is. Yeah.
1: they did the same thing with the Irish language a couple of years ago when Peg was on the leaving side so if you're a linguist and if you're into Irish Peg is a beautiful book but it's not for a 17 year old No. So, but if you the want group. to go on and, stud- and study Irish essay in university then you go on to do Peg and they're doing something similar here with English so they're making it relevant yeah. again as in okay something that's to be enjoyed we yeah. read Peg yeah.
3: As Bairla. Yeah. I was that bad at
1: Irish. Well, we, read pig. <laughs> we had the English version of Peg. We read it in sixth class in primary school.
2: Oh, wow. And that's then we'd do it for the a, evening. No, start, a, no wonder you turned out the way you did. There's, yes. lots,
1: there, there's <laughs> lot. a lot uh, to be said for doing Peg uh, when you were 12 years of age. And uh, I anyway, shinsh <laughs> Fitzgill, father. (laughs) 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 We'll move on to
4: you now.
3: (laughs) What are we talking about? Um, We're talking about friendships, aren't we? (laughs) Um, Really interesting piece in The Guardian about the breakup of a friendship. This is is a letter into The Guardian, and, and this, I think it's a woman, said, our best friend about a year ago just suddenly said, I'm taking a step back from our friendship. I'm taking a step back with no explanation. And she said she literally didn't know why, didn't seem to ask why, and, uh, uh, but it stayed with her all year and she was worried and she was upset about it. And she said after about a year, she texted the friend and said, can, can, I, can I know why? I think that was a long time before mm-hmm. she asked. But can I know why? And the friend said, you were leaning on me very heavily during a certain period and, and I just felt I needed a kind of a break from it. And she's finding it very hard to get beyond it. And I think this is really interesting because we hear a huge amount about the breakups of romantic relationships and the impact that those things have on people. And we understand that heartbreak or that heartache. But we often discount... It's funny we mentioned the Banshees there a minute ago. Of course, that's what it's about. Yeah. The, the impact, any relationship ending that you don't want to end, be it a family estrangement, be it a romantic one. Actually, Tahi, I've read your column talking about this, mm. but, but be it a friendship. If you don't want the relationship to end and then the other person walks away, that's really hard. And, and ultimately, this person is saying that they're questioning themselves, that they've lost confidence over it. And I, and I totally get that. Now, you don't have an awful lot of choice because if someone walks away, even if you don't want them to, you have very little option, I think, other than mm-hmm. unless you become a stalker, to mm-hmm. accept it. Yeah. You have to accept it and, and then maybe move on. And, and sometimes I think that the self-blame thing is sort of understandable. What did I do? Sometimes it isn't about you. Sometimes it's about the other person. Yeah. And sometimes they have their own reasons that don't even make sense. So I think you have to accept it, but you also have to say sometimes just let things go, but this person is really struggling, but it's just very interesting because we have, I think, largely discounted how hard it is for people to lose a platonic friendship, but nowadays when when families are smaller, our friends maybe play a bigger role in our lives and are just as important as our romantic relationships or or sometimes our family ones, and it is really hard sometimes for people, and it's it's a much more bruising cut than I think is really understood.
1: Stephanie, what do you think?
0: Oh, I related to this so much, this poor woman in the Guardian. Um and yeah, just kind of to reiterate what Kira is saying, like we have so many roadmaps for how to navigate a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. And when a romantic relationship breaks up, you know, the general consensus is, oh, you weren't compatible or somebody cheated or you know something happened. But when it's a friendship, it can feel and you're the one who is broken up with, it can feel like you are the one that's wrong, like there's something wrong with you. And that's why the person didn't want to be friends with you or that you are not worthy of the friendship. And it's so bruising. And there's no societal period of mourning, you know, like if someone is going through a breakup, it's like, okay, she broke up with her, whatever. We're going to send flowers. We'll take her out for dinner. But when you break up with a friend, it's almost taboo because there's an assumption that like, oh, they're not friends anymore. Someone must have done something, or someone mm. is not a good friend, and it's so bruising. When I wrote Can't Cope Won't Cope, that's what it was about. It was about the demise of a female friendship because some friendships can be more toxic than any relationships, but we don't know how to get out of them in a way that isn't damaging for
2: someone. Yeah,
4: and I suppose, well, Jonathan, like a, a friendship. Breakup can not just affect the two people involved; it can affect a whole. Well, the circles yeah.
2: around them, absolutely, and and I think I do think there may be a differentiation along gender lines here as well. And I don't mean to generalise, but because you think, don't care
3: about your friends, do yeah, you? true, <laughs> or, I never
2: have. Uh, but I think that men can stop a friendship leave it go for ages and ages and ages and just pick up where they left off. I mean, I still have yeah. groups of friends that I would have been friends with in school and I'll meet them, and maybe it might be three or four years, but then we just slot back into the friendship in the same way we always have been. Um, I think those those deeper friendships can be harder for men to form mm-hmm. uh, and as a result then it might be less impactful. But when it does happen, it, it, it hurts, yeah. it really yeah. hurts. And as you say, Megan, it means then that around you, people are going, well, what's wrong with you? And it's, it, you can't, it's, we're not living in a society where you can say, well, duh, he's not talking to me anymore. Oh, it's know, made me it's sad. Awful. So, you know, you, you, we don't feel empowered enough to do that in either gender. I and think it's
3: awful. Stephanie is right in what she says, though. It's the same thing as a romantic thing in that sometimes friends are just incompatible. Mm-hmm. You've got different values or different senses of humour or you like different things or you're at different stages in life. And sometimes in the same way a relationship... With, with, with the opposite sex or the same sex, depending, mm. goes because of incompatibility. I think friendships are the same, but and, and we, we don't.
2: A friend can be a jerk. know that. Or a something. friend can be a jerk as well, yeah. and you mightn't realise that yeah. until you get hurt. Yeah. So,
1: but when it ends, then what do you do? Do you go off and kind of get another best friend? It doesn't really work like that. <laughs> yeah. but it
3: doesn't. I no. don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess you do go off and get another best friend eventually, don't you? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah like, like, Relationship,
3: like, I suppose.
2: Yeah. Mm. Like,
3: you have different friends at different times in your life sometimes because you're going through, you know, di- yeah. like you might have all your, your kids at the same time or you might have work, threat. you know, you've different, I often think that we're quite faceted of people and you've got people who fit in with different, yeah. different groups who fit in with different aspects of you.
1: But yeah. it's, it's very, still
3: hard, I'm it's, sure.
1: It's very, it was, very interesting altogether. Jonathan, like say, you can count how many, you, you counted all your friends here one day. If was I, uh, there was at least the three. There was three, that. all <laughs> oh, I yeah. like, had to say. You haven't
2: heard <laughs> one, now. I know, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Leave it there, Stephanie, Guramila, Kira, Jonathan.
4: Thank you so much, of course, as always, to our panel. Thanks for listening. Don't forget,
0: you can tune in to the Today Show every day on RTE 1 from Half 3. Or if you miss it, you can watch back on the RTE Player. Visit rte.ie forward slash player. Stay tuned.